Good morning. I tell you what, I am so tickled. I am I'm proud to be from Johnson University and to be a part of of its heritage and to know to meet people like Mark and Jeanette. Uh, marvelous, marvelous people. And uh, I have always told people that, that it's a I'm just tickled to death to be from East Tennessee. And I've been told repeatedly the only thing better than being from East Tennessee is being from Upper East Tennessee. And so Maria and I knew we were traveling into Holy Land when we traveled up 81 to come be with you this morning. And we're tickled to be here. We're glad to be here. I'm glad to have my wife Marie with me there in the back. I do want to bring you greetings from Johnson University, from uh, Tommy Smith, uh, Upper East Tennessee boy from Elizabethan, and uh, he's always quick to uh, to make sure that is stated as well. This is a privilege for me, the opportunity to come and to preach in a congregation such as Central, and we're grateful for your witness, for your presence, and for your kingdom work. What I want you to do with me this morning, I want you to, to uh, dip into a story from the Gospels. I want, you to, I want you to place yourself in the streets. I truly want you to smell the dust. You've had songs that can remind you of certain places and certain things. You may have a favorite song as a couple. You may remember certain, certain locations that bring back certain memories. Those vivid recalls that are so blessed. I still to this day can remember certain songs. When I was in high school, my parents decided to paint our, my bedroom. And so for a couple weeks, they moved me down in my, just moved my mattress down into the living room where I would stay and I would play, they were called LPs, they were called records. Remember they went in a circle? They went around like that? Not a lot of us remember that, but that's what they were. And I remember I got a brand, I just got a new gospel album and I played it, started playing it when I was sleeping down in the living room. And to this day when I hear any of those songs, I can smell fresh paint and remember that experience. Well, today, I want you to smell the dust. I want us to dip into and step right into a scene. It's a story. It's a story from Luke chapter 19. If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Follow along with me. Make sure I'm getting this right, okay? I don't, just, just don't take my word for granted. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, and since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, 
Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us together. Thank you for the invitation to come as brothers and sisters in Christ, to gather as family. Father, we pray that you are blessed by our gathering today. Not by how we appear, not by what we say, but by what you see in each of our hearts. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, as soon as I announce this story, I know you've been begging. You just, in the back of your head, you've been thinking, oh, I hope we do this. So you need to sing it with me. It's a song we learned. We used to sing all the time back in children's church and vacation Bible school. You ready? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. Now, don't you feel better you got that out of your system? It was going to just drive you crazy, I could just tell. This is a marvelous story. It's a marvelous presence, and I just want you to walk through this. It's ten verses, but it was an entire day out of the life of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In ten verses, an entire day took place, and that's what we fail to do when we read through it quickly we forget to smell the dust this was an all-day affair that was compressed into what we have categorized as 10 verses of scripture but it's a story that took all day to unfold and so I'm going to take all day no I'm not gonna do that it just may feel like it was all day this is a marvelous passage, and understand that this is a passage. Just, be, just go with me. We're going to go through it verse by verse, and so you'll know when I'm getting close to the end because verse 10 is the last verse we read together, right? So look at verse 1. Verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus wasn't coming to Jericho. He was going through Jericho. They had not built the bypass yet. You still had to go through town and see all the shops, and that was a part of their commerce. Jesus wasn't going to Jericho. Jesus was going to Jerusalem. The next chapters, the remaining chapters in Luke, all deal with the final week of Jesus' life. This is where Jesus was going. Jesus was going to Jerusalem. He was going through Jericho. And going through Jericho, we see an interruption. 
Jesus is interrupted. I'm curious as I read through the Gospels how many times things that happened with Jesus happened as interruptions. Happened as interruptions. Are you waiting around? Are you standing around waiting for God to show up? Or, or are, are you on your way to do kingdom stuff? Are you waiting to God, for God to show up? Or are you going to just look forward to that interruption when God says, oh, by the way, while you're doing that, I need you to do this. Or maybe why, just before you get there, could you do this for me? Isn't that the kind of anticipation we should be living with? That we are on our way to do kingdom things and God brings things into our life. Verse 2 tells us that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Understand that Luke did not, was not on this journey with Jesus. Luke is the writer of this gospel. He was not on this journey with Jesus. He was an investigator. He was an investigator. He was digging into, he was interviewing people. This is, excuse me, this is all information that he has gathered together. And as quickly as he tells us where Jesus was going through Jericho, he says, in this town was Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And look what it says there in that verse. In that verse, He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. It was like it was a dirty word. He was despicable. He was, he was evil. He was crass. He was foul-mouthed. He was wealthy. I think Luke was just stating the facts. He was a chief tax collector, and he was very well off. He has done good in his job. There are jobs that we think about in our day and age that, that we think aren't necessarily attractive or appealing, but they're good money makers. Well, Zacchaeus chose a profession that made him a lot of money, but didn't make him very popular. As we see this, he's a chief tax collector. He was probably a superintendent or kind of regional manager. He probably had other tax collectors that answered to him, reported in, brought in their, their earnings. Some theologians think that he had a quota that he owed to the Roman governors. Whatever he got beyond that quota was his profit, just considered good business. But Zacchaeus is identified as wealthy. How many of you can recall childhood friends? Childhood friends, kids that you grew up with that, well, they just, you just grew apart. There was no big blow up. There was no big fight or argument. You just kind of, life grew you apart. And they went off. They had their career and you have yours. He just took a different path. Zacchaeus took a different path than what most people would in that day. Obviously, it was not a popular decision, but it certainly made him a lot of money. How many people in that Jericho neighborhood would just kind of shake their heads when they see him go by? They, oh, there's Zacchaeus. Uh, 
that old rascal, yeah, he's rolling in dough now. Do we look at our neighbors and our former friends and kind of wonder, maybe judge them a little bit because they didn't grow up the way we did? They didn't make the same choices that we did? Too often we find it so easy to judge people for not being like us. We wander into verse 3 and we see that Zacchaeus had made a decision. It says he wanted to see who Jesus was. It doesn't say, Luke doesn't say he wanted to see what Jesus looked like. It says he wanted to see who he was. I had an awkward dinner that, that reminds me of this passage. I drove from my dorm room in Knoxville to Rockwood, Tennessee, where my wife was from, and got to have dinner with her parents. They weren't really concerned about what I looked like, although I'm fairly certain they were disappointed. But they wanted to see who I was. They wanted to check me out. They wanted to see what makes this guy tick. And Zacchaeus was a shrewd, shrewd man. And he realized, I want to see who this guy is. You see, as we know that Luke is at the end of his gospel, Jesus' entire earthly ministry is behind him now. He only has, we know, he only has a week of his life ahead of him. Zacchaeus has heard a lot about Jesus. And he wants to see who this guy is. He wants to see who he was. Verse 4 says that he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. And we are absolutely enamored by the sycamore fig tree. We want to know, we've, we've got Bible encyclopedias with pictures of of Middle Eastern sycamore fig trees, and this is what the fig looks like, and this is what it tastes like, and here's how much a, a bushel of them will, will, would look like, and here's how they traded, and here's what they would cost. And we get so caught up in the tree, we miss a very important part of this verse. He ran ahead. Zacchaeus calculated. Zacchaeus wanted to see for certain. So he was strategic. He was well aware of his own limitations. What was his biggest physical limitation? It's not a rhetorical question. Short. Thank you. He was short. And he's looking. There's a crowd all around him. The crowd that came with Jesus and the crowd that was accumulating as Jesus came through town. Do you get that? There was a crowd with Jesus traveling with him plus those that kind of attached themselves as Jesus came through the city. And Zacchaeus figured out quickly, I'm not going to be able to mess with this crowd. There's just too many of them, and I am short. I had a young man fill that. They had to write an essay for us when we were in youth ministry. They had to write an essay in order to, as part of the requirement to go on a missions trip with us overseas. And, and one of the questions was, would you consider your, your biggest... Uh, weakness and he said well I, I, I can't explain it's nothing I can really change but 
I'm really short. I had to write, I had to call and say, Matt, that's, that's not a weakness. That's just reality. It's just the way you are. It's not a weakness. You're just short. Zacchaeus was aware of the fact he was short. So he says, I am going to see and check out Jesus. So he runs ahead. He calculates. He strategically got in the path of Jesus. When someone is under conviction, they can be very resourceful. When, when God is tugging at someone's heart, they can be extremely resourceful. My question with this is, what if the resource they choose to use is you? If they've come to the point in their lives when they want to know who this Jesus is, I don't want to see artist renderings of what they think he looked like. I want to know who is this man? What if you are the sycamore fig tree? What if you are the resource that someone turns to and say, I want to use you to reveal Jesus Christ? Does that bring a smile to your face or does that bring terror to your heart? What if you are the resource someone chooses to use for their path to Jesus? Well, we know the next part real easy in verse 5 because Jesus said, get down from there, I'm going to stay with you today. That's very simply the, the, the way it was phrased in the original language. I'm going to spend my day with you. Whatever his plans were, whatever he had strategically lined up with his disciples as far as truck stops, rest stops, where they're going to get their snacks, who they're going to have dinner with, all that's off the table because Jesus now announces, I'm going to spend my day with you. And Zia, Zacchaeus comes down and says, okay. I wonder how we would respond if Jesus appeared at the doors of our lives and said, Mike, Mark, Sam, Sally, Julia, I'm going to spend my day with you. Let's just hang out. My mouth would go dry. I would stutter. I would stammer. Sure. Not a problem. Let's, let's just, yeah, let's clear the calendar. Let's, let's do that. Jesus' response was instantaneous. He goes right to where, I mean, how obvious would it be to see a grown, full-grown man climbing a tree in his Middle Eastern robe and tunic and trying to keep his sandals on his feet? Maybe he kicked his sandals off and they're laying at the base of the tree. But it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looks up and sets a whole new day in motion. Verse 7 is one of my favorites. All the people saw this, and they began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Remember, all the people. Who are, who are all the people? It's the, it's the 
accumulation of the crowd that came with Jesus and the people that he accumulated along the way. But it says all the people saw this and began to mutter. Some of the muttering was, oh, this is going to mess up today's schedule. Oh, we just can't do that. We don't have time for this. Of all things, he's going to hang out with a tax collector. You know, at least he could lock horns with a Pharisee or a, with a Sadducee or one of the teachers from the synagogue. But no, it's with a tax collector. The muttering begins and the muttering continues. I think they broke up into committees of muttering. They had a, a committee for muttering about the meals that they had planned. They had muttering about how this is going to change their time schedule and where they're going to stay. And the followers of Jesus muttered. It sounds like such a goofy word, doesn't it? Mutter. They grumbled. They complained. They found fault with. The followers of Jesus complained. Thank goodness that doesn't happen today. I'm so pleased to know that we're more sophisticated. We have indoor lighting, indoor plumbing, and we don't mutter about how God chooses to run his business. Because that's what they were muttering. The only one responsible for the schedule was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And they muttered about Jesus. They didn't approve of his choices. He was going to be the guest of a sinner. Well, as I understand, if my theology, my theology may be a little weak, but doesn't that describe every single one of us? I know if you're not a sinner, you'd feel really embarrassed and you wouldn't want to hold up your hand, so I won't ask for a show of hands of non-sinners here today. But he was going to be the guest of someone who could be, oh my goodness, just like us. And the followers of Jesus complained. We mutter, we judge, we scrutinize. We exclude. You see, his choice to go into Zacchaeus' home made him legally, Jewish law, made him unclean to go into anyone else's home. So now one of the committees could have been, well, great. I was going to invite him into my house. But no, he can't come now because now he's ceremonial unclean. And we just, I, I just know he wouldn't want to do that. So there goes my option. I've been cheated. Someone is getting Jesus' attention, and it's not me. While all this muttering is going on, understand this is an all-day event. Again, are you with me? Are you, in the, are you smelling the dust? This is an all-day occurrence. They're muttering. They're complaining. They're, they're exchanging mutters. They're sending emissaries to different groups to see what they're muttering about because they continue to mutter. While that is going on, Jesus is in Zacchaeus' home. Understand that these are simultaneous scenarios. They're muttering. I, that's discriminatory, I'm saying. They're muttering over here, and, and this is Zacchaeus' home. While you're muttering, Jesus is talking to Zacchaeus. 
And again, don't compress this into 10 verses. This is an all-day event because you look at the next verse, verse 8. Meanwhile, back in the sinner's home, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now. Understand this is an all-day conversation. It's not just the next verse. Jesus has been interacting with Zacchaeus. They've been talking. Jesus has asked questions. Zacchaeus has given answers. Zacchaeus has asked questions. And Jesus has given answers. And as the day has continued, as the muttering has gone on outside, inside the house, Zacchaeus arrives at a conclusion. After a day-long conference with the Son of God, Zacchaeus draws a conclusion. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. Not a bad deal. I'm going to give half my possessions to the poor. And anyone that I've cheated, I'm going to re repay them fourfold. They're going to get, if I took 400 bucks from them, they're going to get 400 back. Fourfold. I find this absolutely fa fascinating. What's going on outside the house? Hello? Is this working? Muttering. While inside, while muttering is going on outside, inside... Zacchaeus just said, half of my estate I'm giving to the poor, and if I've cheated anyone, they're getting paid back fourfold. Do you understand that some of the people that he has cheated, and they're about to get a check, let's say for $400, are standing outside his house muttering right now that Jesus is inside talking to him? Wouldn't you love to see their expression when they're out there muttering and grumbling, what's this? It's a check for $400 from Zacchaeus. Okay, see you guys later. I just find this fascinating that while the followers of Jesus were criticizing his choice of company, who he spends his day with, he's changing not only the life of Zacchaeus, but he's impacting the lives of the people outside. Some people say, well, that was, he was just blowing off. He's just making this all up. He's just trying to impress Jesus. Remember, Luke was not there. Luke came along afterwards and investigated this. If Zacchaeus had failed to carry out what he had said, do you not think Luke would have included that in the gospel? Do you not think he would have, Luke would have said, Oh my goodness, Zacchaeus told Jesus he was going to repay those people and give half of his estate to the poor, but he didn't do it. Luke's investigation does not reflect any of that. This man gave away half of his estate, and from the balance he, gave, he repaid people that he had cheated, that he had taken advantage of. Jesus says in verse 9, 
And I think this was with an absolute chuckle in his voice. I see Jesus saying, oh my God, today salvation has come to this house. He's looking at Zacchaeus and saying, you get it. You get it. You understand. Because this man too, this man also is the son of Abraham. And that is something Zacchaeus has not heard since he took his position as a tax collector because they would have removed him from their local synagogue's role. He was stricken from the record. He was anathema. He was dead to them. Jesus reestablished him. He put him back. He put his, gave him a place in the family of God. I think this was giggles and laughter. That after a day of conversation, after a day of soul searching, Jesus makes this announcement. And he ta- the tag on this whole story is marvelous there in verse 10. Because Jesus really states his messianic mission. For the Son of Man comes to seek and to save the lost. This is, do not let this slip away from you. This is leading up to his final week on earth, his passion week. And he's restating this not just for himself and not just for Zacchaeus, but for our benefit. He says, remember, my business, my business is seeking and saving the lost. That's my business. He's saying, that's why I'm here. And we are the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. We are Christians. We are little Christs in the world. So his business is our business. And I want to ask you this morning, how's business? How's business? His business was to seek and to save the lost. Many wanted him to be the one who would come and overthrow Rome. Many wanted him to be the one who would come and kick Herod out of the out of the out of the palace. Many wanted him to come and to set things straight and get their property back and return things the way they thought it ought to be. And Jesus said, no, here's my business. Here's why I'm here. I'm here to seek and to save the lost. Are we just minding the store till he gets back? Are we just kind of sweeping the hallways a little bit just to make sure it looks good in case he shows up? Or are we taking his eternal product and sharing with anyone, absolutely anyone who will listen to us? Are we making the most of our father's business? Or are we just minding the store? You see, we can make changes on a daily basis. We can make changes in our lives the same way we can change our socks. Please, change your socks. We can make changes 
But how is business? Are we the followers of Jesus that stand outside and mutter while he's in changing lives? Are we right there with him, arm in arm, cheering, helping Zacchaeus with the paperwork to write checks? We are the body of Christ. I hope business is good. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have these moments that are given to us by you. We've earned nothing. And Father, quite frankly, we don't want what we've earned. We want grace. We want that blessing that comes undeserved. We want to stand in the shadow of Jesus Christ. And through his blood, through his offering, through his ultimate sacrifice, we want to spend eternity in heaven. May we share that same zeal and same enthusiasm for everyone we meet. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.